You're listening to the Catholic Fragments Podcast, where we explore the treasures of Catholicism, the fullness of truth revealed in Jesus Christ and His Church. I'm your host, Dr. Donald Wallenfang, and I invite you to join me in gathering up the fragments of the truth that sets us free. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A reading from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens, as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blemish before him. In love he destined us for adoption to himself through Jesus Christ, in accord with the favor of his will, for the praise of the glory of his grace that he granted us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption by his blood, the forgiveness of transgressions, in accord with the riches of his grace that he lavished upon us. In all wisdom and insight he made known to us the mystery of his will, in accord with his favor that he set forth in him, as a plan for the fullness of times, to sum up all things in Christ, in heaven and on earth. In him we were also chosen, destined in accord with the purpose of the one who accomplishes all things according to the intention of his will, so that we might exist for the praise of his glory, we who first hoped in Christ. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What a great joy to be with you today on this new podcast episode of the Catholic Fragments Podcast. I'm Dr. Donald Wallenfang, and today I'm very excited to feature uh, a more contemporary Catholic theologian uh, just on the heels of Josef Ratzinger from last week, uh, today, um, theologian Karl Rahner. Karl Rahner, a 20th century German Jesuit theologian, uh, very influential uh, in the theology of the Second Vatican Council, was appointed by Pope St. John Twenty-Third as a paratus, or a theological advisor, uh, for the Second Vatican Council in the 1960s. And I got the uh, privilege of studying Rahner's work um, first in my master's degree program at St. Norbert College. Again, of course, I had with Dr. Howard Ebert uh, on uh, Catholic systematic theology. Uh, in addition to reading Ratzinger's book, Introduction to Christianity, we also were assigned to read Karl Rahner's book, Foundations of Christian Faith, subtitled An Introduction to the Idea of Christianity. So two German Catholic theologians, both very influential in the Second Vatican Council, uh, but their theology reads uh, quite differently, all with the same goal in mind uh, to put forth uh, a rational um, demonstration of Catholic faith. 
not only to do this, but what one of the main purposes. In our time in the 20th, now 21st century, many people have difficulty in believing in the mysteries of faith. Uh, what has taken over in culture in terms of uh, what's left of intellectual life in many places, not everywhere, but is a kind of scientism, a kind of material reductionism, uh, a kind of rationalism where people's thoughts um, stop short at mystery, any kind of mystery. When it comes to God's revelation, or divine revelation, it's filled with mystery, not simply unknowables, but mysteries that are revealed by God. Things that would be left inaccessible to reason if God did not reveal them to us. Nevertheless, in a rational way, not something that contradicts reason, but rather that fills it out through faith. So uh, it's just, ah, I'm just so thrilled to talk about these things. And Carl Runner's book, in reading through it the first time, somewhere around the year 2004, uh, his book, Foundations of Christian Faith, uh, wow, it was really um, an encouragement to my faith. Uh, I'm someone who began my undergraduate studies uh, in pre-medicine, have a great love to this day for natural science and mathematics, and, uh, and how all this truth works together. And I love asking really deep questions that uh, really moved toward these, these mysteries and wanting to know the truth more, the truth that is the whole that I know, even ahead of time, saturates my comprehension, um, always gives more than my questions even ask of it. Uh, and Karl Rahner, we could say, is a theologian of mystery, a theologian of the mysteries of God. And I just want to share a few passages of his uh, in this episode of the Catholic Fragments podcast and offer some commentary on them. First of all, in general, I would say, I would suggest um, that uh, Karl Rahner is a helpful theologian for our time because he's thinking very deeply about the strata of human experience uh, and Catholic doctrine in a very interdisciplinary way. Uh, he, he approaches the Goliaths of culture with very effective stones in his sling, we could say. And uh, Karl Rahner was known to be on various German radio programs and things, and, and, and he sees his work as a theologian as a sort of missionary evangelization in modernity, in the modern world. Uh, we have to be able to dialogue with other fields of study. We can't just do theology in uh, a kind of confessional echo chamber. We have to be able to dialogue. And this is a really important point of the Second Vatican Council, one of the key terms, uh, dialogue. Dialogue with the world. Dialogue across Christian denominations. Dialogue even across various world religions dialogue with um, business and economics and politics uh, and healthcare and education 
and mass media and all of these different things, the bishops of the Catholic Church around the world have recommended through the Second Vatican Council and up to the present that we followers of Christ be able to engage in respectful, responsible dialogue with various interlocutors, various conversation partners. Karl Rahner, I think, is a model for how to go about this dialogue. Every theologian has his or her limitations, for sure. But what, what this podcast is about is pointing out things we can affirm about various Catholic thinkers and what they contribute to the whole of the Catholic intellectual tradition and, and Catholic theological tradition. So Karl Rahner's brand of theology, we could put in the category of philosophical theology even. It's very, um, we could say, heady. It, is, it requires a lot of uh, intellectual heavy lifting. So let's just get into a passage in this English translation of his book, Foundations of Christian Faith, and here I am on page 22 of the edition by Crossroad um, Publishers, <clears throat> translated by William Dyke. Okay, so page 22, Karl Rahner, a theologian of mystery. He says, all clear understanding is grounded in the darkness of God. First point. Uh, so when we think about understanding something, that is a concept, an image exists in the mind, that is, stands out from a backdrop, that is, foundation, uh, and that is itself the absolute, that is itself not just another concept. The backdrop of every concept, idea, imagining, he's saying, is God. In fact, the darkness of God. Thinking of the nighttime sky. How can I see one star different from the other? Because the sky is black. The sky is dark. Thanks be to the dark sky, I can see each individual star. So this is what he means by every clear understanding all clear understanding is grounded in the darkness of God. And he challenges his reader to reach toward mystery. Uh, he says, what is made intelligible is grounded ultimately in the one thing that is self-evident in mystery. Again, what he means by mystery is not just something unknown, but something that is more self-evident than anything else. Uh, what he calls in other places, uh, borrowing from the phenomenology of Martin Heidegger, uh, this Vorgriff in German, this um, a priori pre-apprehension of being, as, as he calls it, this uh, Vorsicht, this uh, seeing in advance, this necessary condition of possibility for knowing anything, this necessary condition of possibility for being someone, for being an individual. Before I can exist, there must be being as such. That is divine being, being itself. Uh, uh, Rana was highly influenced by St. Thomas Aquinas, who um, defines God in one way as uh, ipsum esse subsistence. 
um, that is self-subsisting being itself. God is actus purus, God is pure act. God is the condition of possibility for all finite being. For there to be finite being, there must be infinite being, first and always, before and behind, above and below, to the left, to the right, in every dimension. So Karl Rahner challenges his reader here on page 22. He asks the question, this existential question, as he calls it, for the knower, the human knower. Which does he love more? The small island of his so-called knowledge or the sea of infinite mystery? Wow. Great question. Uh, I think when presented with that question myself, I want to say I, I love infinite mystery. I want to reach. I don't want to be content with what I already know. I want to discover more and more truth. Um, and, and especially from a Christian standpoint, we don't believe that truth is a series or a kind of assortment of abstract facts, uh, abstract pieces of information. We believe that truth has a face and a name, Jesus Christ. Truth is a person, Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. And if that's the case, when do I get to the bottom of Christ? When do I empty Christ of his meaning? When is he done showing me things? Never. Never. Because Christ is mystery. And for that matter, the human person is mystery. Every person, human, angelic, and divine, has this share of divine mystery. Because to be a person is to be made in the imago dei, the image of God. As speaking of Jesus, uh, moving to page 220 in uh, his book, um, Karl Rahner gets into his Christology piece, talking about Jesus Christ in very deep ways. Uh, but again, with all this contemporary interdisciplinary mindfulness about it, this is why um, it's necessary that there be a dialogue across different fields of study so that we approach truth in its fullness and its full resonance. So he says about the meaning of the incarnation, why did the incarnation happen? Why did the eternal Son of God the Father become flesh through the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary for our salvation? Because God wanted to become something. Uh, this is what Christi Christianity testifies to, he says. It shows a God who can become something. A God who is not subject to change in himself can himself be the subject. The subject of change can himself be subject to change in something else. So God and God's self cannot change. As we read with St. James in the letter of the New Testament, God uh, in whom there is no shadow of change. Um, <clears throat> but God can subject God's self to change by becoming a creature, by becoming perfectly united with the human nature. 
This is Jesus Christ. The divine nature and the human natures united perfectly in the singularity of the eternal personhood of God the Son. This is Christology. There's depth here, but this depth tries to articulate the very logic of salvation. Why is all of this true? Logically speaking, not so much reducing it to a mathematical formula or something, but at least trying to touch the logic of the eternal Logos, who is the eternal word of the Father. Jesus becomes Jesus Christ. And speaking more about mystery, Rahner says, on the next page, there can, of course, be no absolute mysteries at all in the finite alone as such, because in a correct ontology, that is, metaphysics, science of being, there can always be conceived for something finite an intellect which corresponds to it and which is able to fathom it. The mystery of the Incarnation must be in God himself and precisely in the fact that although he is immutable in and of himself, that is, he cannot change, he himself can become something in another, that is, in another nature, the human nature. So God changes, God becomes, God is subject to suffering in the, the whole range of human experiences uh, in the human nature. Of Jesus Christ, while all the while remaining divine. That's how God divinizes the human nature. That's how God steps into creation to redeem it. And Rahner has this eloquent passage here. He says um, that when it comes to the incarnation of God, um, it does not uh, simply mean that it is the only thing that characterizes God, but that in and in spite of God's immutability, he can truly become something. He himself, he in time. God steps into time through the incarnation to redeem it, to expand it, to introduce a new time zone of the redemption. In Greek, the word kairos, not so much chronos, not chronology, but steps inside chronology in order to introduce the time of divine love, peace, rest, requiem, kairos. The possibility is not to be understood, this possibility of the incarnation is not to be understood as a sign that God is in need of something, but rather as the height of his perfection. How so? Because this divine perfection would be less perfect if he could not become less than he is and always remains. This is what St. Paul in Second Philippians uh, calls um, the kenosis of God. Kenao in Greek. Uh, the self-emptying of God. God's perfection is redoubled in his own delimitation for the sake of these finite creatures and their salvation. So the logic of Christian salvation. The absolute, that is God, or more correctly, the absolute one in the pure freedom of his infinite unrelatedness, 
which he always preserves, possesses the possibility of himself becoming the other, the finite, the creature. He possesses the possibility of establishing the other as his own reality by dispossessing himself, by giving himself away. The primary phenomenon given by faith is precisely the self-emptying of God, his becoming, the kenosis and genesis of God himself within his own order of creation. The phrase is already found in St. Augustine that God assumes by creating and also creates by assuming. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so good. That is, God creates by emptying himself, and therefore, of course, he himself is in the emptying. God goes out of himself. He himself, he is the self-giving fullness. Because he can do this, because this is his free and primary possibility, for this reason, he is defined in scripture as love. This is what Renner calls the grammar of God's possible self-expression. Um, wow, okay. I just need to stop here with uh, quoting the text to wrap up this edition of the Catholic Fragments podcast. As you can see, um, the thinking of Karl Rahner is very deep indeed, and it's articulating again, it's, it's putting words uh, putting into words this mystery of God. As feeble as, as the words are, it's this best attempt. Um, it's empowered by the divine logos, the divine word at work in the operations of the human intellect. We seek to know the truth, to communicate the truth that along the way and in the end sets us free. Uh, and the last points Rahner makes are, I believe, exquisite at the heart of the Christian revelation. The Gospel of St. John, chapter 3, verse 16, the famous text, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, eternally begotten Son, so that whoever would believe in him would not die, but would have eternal life. The Gospel in a nutshell there, John 3.16. I believe it goes on to say, for, for the Son did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world would be saved through him. So now, here in uh, the 21st century, uh, all of us followers of Christ must offer a, a credible, intelligible, um apologetic reasons for why we believe this is to quote uh, first peter in the new testament always be ready to give an explanation an apologia for your hope uh, in season and out of season be ready give an explanation say why you believe what you believe what are the reasons how does it all work together what is this um, network this nexus of meaning that um, altogether we call truth. Truth as it reveals itself to us, not just in abstraction, 
but in word and sacrament. All this together. So thank you for thinking along with me today in the theology of Karl Rahner, great 20th century German Jesuit theologian. Uh, we still have much to learn from figures like him, and this was just a very small fragment of a, a, a great lifetime of composing rich theology. Um, may we all contemplate further the meaning of Christ's free self-donation in our direction and pay the gift forward. Thank you for joining me on the Catholic Fragments podcast where you are equipped to think toward the whole, to pray from the heart, and to live as a witness 